And if you've ever seen a seizure, you know, it's probably one of the most, no, not probably. It is like the most terrifying thing I have ever seen in my life. It was, I saw him have all of his strokes and that was awful, but this was a hundred times worse. And so my son thankfully was there. Welcome to Aging in Style, the podcast dedicated to celebrating aging and what it takes to do it well. I'm Lori Williams. I'm a certified senior advisor and senior housing expert. In each episode, you'll learn stories of older adults who are thriving in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and in some cases, in their hundreds. Whether you're an older adult or the child of an older adult, this podcast is filled with insightful resources, organizations that are doing incredible work, and stories that will inspire you to volunteer, learn, and who knows, maybe even skydive in your golden years. Hello, welcome to Aging in Style. I am so glad you have tuned in today. And if you listen pretty regularly, you know I I do talk about my personal life and what's going on because we've had in my family some challenges for the last year, a little bit over a year. And I feel like I could keep it all to myself, but I have learned so much on this journey certainly not a journey that I want to be on or would want anyone to have to experience. But I feel like the things that I learn, I just feel very um, compelled to share them with others in hopes that if you're ever in a similar situation that, you know, maybe you'll remember something that I talked about and it will help you. I've talked a lot about being an advocate for a loved one who is ill if you haven't been listening, the story is that uh, my husband, Mark, had a series of four strokes on Christmas 2022, and it left him with right-sided weakness, um, pretty severe aphasia. And so it's been definitely beyond a challenging time for our entire family. He has been a rock star working so hard. He's been, I guess, I don't know, I, I kind of lost count, but multiple hospitals, rehabs, lived in rehab for a while. And he's just been incredible. He has relearned to walk with a cane and just doing great. And I guess, you know, I kind of felt like we're on this road to recovery. We're going to keep going in a forward motion, never really giving much thought to when someone has a chronic health issue, which once you've had strokes and have been in the the health that he has been in, all the things that have happened to him, that, you know, certain things, your body is going to react differently, you know, if you get if you get sick with something. And I just honestly did not give that a whole lot of thought. So what happened was January 3rd, he got sick in the night just with a, a bad stomach virus, which is going around. And within just like five hours, I was helping him up and he fell back into his recliner and had just an awful seizure. And if you've ever seen a seizure, you know, it's probably one of the most, no, not probably, it is like the most terrifying thing I have ever seen in my life. It was, I saw him have all of his strokes and that was awful, but this was a hundred times worse. And so my son thankfully was there. And again, if you, if you listen, you know that my son lives with us. He's 27. Between he and I, we are the caregivers for my husband. We also have a caregiver who comes in three times a week and helps out as well. So uh, we have kind of like this little team that's been working out great. And like I said, I kind of got into this, everything's great. I've got this figured out kind of mode. And, you know, then life kind of threw another wrench or two into the mix. But anyhow, 
he has a seizure and of course you know it's obvious what's happening i call 911 i scream for my son and take my husband to the emergency room and you know what had happened is you know your body or his body is weakened due to the strokes that he's had and all that he's had to overcome and this just stomach virus that he had he dehydrated quickly he started running a fever when he got to the emergency room and a fever of 104.9 is completely out of his head it was just the whole thing was just just awful but again because he's already in a weakened condition was in the hospital for several days and then had to go back to rehab so it was a lovely rehab it was a great experience with the rehab and everything but it just made me realize okay i need to hop on here and share more of this story because the story doesn't just end you know someone has a stroke their recovery and that's it we're now in the chronic health issues and it also made me think of people who have progressive health issues such as alzheimer's or parkinson's and things like that so i guess you have to be prepared for the roller coaster ride of it and i personally was not prepared for that and you know maybe it's because i like to look at things on the positive i just honestly did not think we're and now you know now i'm just trying to not be like super fearful of what could happen next but I can tell you if he ever starts throwing up again, he's going to the emergency room immediately. Um, that was some scary stuff. But anyhow, so that's kind of the basis of what we're going to talk about today. If you've listened to the podcast or haven't, I made a note of four podcasts that I think are going to tie into everything I'm talking about today. So one was uh, number one, 125 is being an advocate when a loved one is in the hospital. And I recorded this one last year after spending time in the hospital and the ICU and everything with my husband and kind of like my observations and thoughts. Then I have 147, which is caregiver burnout, 155, which is the caregiver perspective, and 156, which is uh, tips for choosing a caregiver. I think all these will kind of work well and we'll, we'll have, have them listed in the show notes. Our, my producer, Anna, who is wonderful, will go ahead and do that, I'm sure. So I think all of these tie together with what I'm going to talk about today. So when you have a loved one with a chronic health issue, like I mentioned, whether it's you know a stroke or something else or a progressive disease like dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, you know anything else, you are going to be on a roller coaster ride. It's not going to be we're just going you know up up up. Everything's going great. We're going to have moments we're going to hit these speed bumps or, you know, I like to think kind of like a loop-de-loop and the roller coaster, you know, kind of throw us off base. And we, you know, how are we going to react to that? And just kind of thinking about it, my reaction was a lot of anxiety. I felt very, very anxious about it. Like, what what's going to happen now? Are we going to, because he's in this wonderful outpatient rehab. And I thought, oh my gosh, is he going to, not be able to go back because then they're going to think he's not going to be able to do the program, which, you know, that was all fear that was in my head. And I, you know, I called them and they're like, oh my gosh, no, no, he's approved. He's coming back and, and he's actually back there now. So things are are working out. And so I feel like we have to kind of like, it's hard in the moment to kind of like just settle ourselves down or it was for me. And so I felt a lot of anxiety. I felt really frustrated because I'm like, come on, <laughs> I'm tired of this and I just want things to be better. And that's just not how these things work. is not how the world works. You know, things are just not going to go back to the way they were. And, and then, you know, I felt kind of sad about that. And, 
and then realized, okay, I need to kind of take some steps back from this and, you know, rethink things. And the next thing I want to talk about is the hospitals. This, and I've talked about this before and being an advocate and the hospital he was in was fantastic. This was a different one than he was in last year. They did a great job. And so I'm not going to, I don't intend to throw anyone under the bus, but I just want to be realistic here and say that nobody reads notes and they all come in your room and they type, type, type on this computer and then nobody reads it. And the reason I say that is my husband has a right-sided deficit and, you know, the nurse would come in or the doctor or the therapist, they would come in and they would just like, oh, now stand up and do this. And I'm like he can't on his own and he's so weak from all of this and and I'm like he had a stroke last year then it was like constantly having to explain I would hear them say oh he's just had a stroke no he didn't just have a stroke he had a seizure and I felt like if I was not there because he also has aphasia he could not explain this to them and you know I even wrote it on the board and everything and it's just like and I understand that people are busy and they have people maybe in the hospital two, three days and or, or longer, and then they're out and then there's a new person and they, you know, they have different shifts. And so things are constantly changing. But I don't know what the answer is for them, but I'm just telling you as an advocate, you need to be there and you need to be listening to what they're talking about. Another thing that I was so glad I did and have now learned from that I was told to always have a list of medications up on your refrigerator. And I know that they have, oh gosh, I forgot what they're called, but there's there's something you can get, like I think from the fire department where you have like all the medications. Shoot, I forgot what it's called. Anyhow, maybe it'll come to me and I'll remember and let you know. But anyhow, so I just typed up in Word, I typed up all the medications he takes. Um, and when he takes them morning, afternoon, evening, at the top, I had his full name, his birthday, and um, I think that was it. And then attached to it all, I have his driver's license and his um, insurance card. So everything's up there. But what I didn't have on there and realized at the hospital I need to put on there because I had been up all night with him. And then the seizure really threw me for a loop. And I could not think. They were asking me, what is he allergic to? And I knew there was an antibiotic and I could not think of it for anything. And so I said amoxicillin and he's not allergic to that, allergic to augmentin. And he's not even allergic. He just has like a stomach issue from it. And so that ended up haunting me his whole hospital stay. And you know what? I think that's in his records now that he's allergic to amoxicillin and this is all my fault. Anyhow, the other things that now, so now I've recreated the document. I have added what his allergies are. And I've also, at it, my hospital of choice. Because last year when he had his stroke, I took him to the closest hospital and they did not deal with strokes. And so this time when the paramedics asked me, which hospital do you want him to go to? I told him which one because I knew this was the one that dealt with strokes and that they also had an acute rehab that dealt with strokes, uh, which I'm so thankful that's where he went. They did a fabulous job with him. So I've added that onto my list too. So this is just something I share that if you have a family member with chronic illnesses or with a progressive disease, make sure you are organized. Oh, I just remembered, vial of life. That's what it's called. Um, and 
a lot of, I think it's like the fire department does that too, where you have like all your information about your medication and everything. So that's basically, that's what I was trying to remember earlier. But you don't even need that. You just need to have all the information that I just mentioned. So name, birth date, primary care physician, I have that on there too, allergies, hospital you would want to go to, all the medications. And, you know, that so far I'm finding that's that's what I need. But, you know, if, if this is kind of like a living document, so if I realize later on we need to add something else, I will let y'all know and share that with you. But that just made it so easy because when the paramedic came in, um, or the, all the paramedics, but, you know, one came to me and he said, you know, what medications is he taking? I'm like, come with me into the kitchen. I handed it to him and he just, I think he just took a picture of it. So he had everything. And then I took that with me to the hospital, to the emergency room, and just handed it to them so they knew everything he he had. And also through the night, I had been taking his blood pressure, so I had that too. So those are just kind of, you know, some thoughts on being very organized and ready in case the worst happens. So again, you know, with hospitals, like I said, it just doesn't seem like anyone reads. And I'm not, again, throwing them under the bus, but it's just as the advocate to your loved one, just be aware of that and just be paying attention and, you know, stand up for them, you know, speak for them, especially if they're unable to speak, as my husband is unable to speak, you just need to be there for them. Other thoughts I had is, you know, just be flexible in your life when you are the caregiver for someone who, you know, has these kind of health issues, because I had a trip planned since July. My brother was being named Mardi Gras King for his crew. So it's, it's a big deal. If you don't know about Mardi Gras, it's, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, it's not even kind of, it is a big deal. And so I was super excited. It's a whole top secret thing. But my brother told me in advance because he knew it would take some planning for me to come. And so I had my plane ticket booked. I had my dress and you know it was giving me some anxiety because I'm like I don't know if I was gonna be able to go and of course it comes to be that my husband's going to be discharged from rehab on Saturday and I'm to fly out for this Mardi Gras ball on Friday and so you know I honestly didn't know if it was going to work out and my son who's 27 my daughter just turned 21 they both were like, Mom, you know what? We've got this. We can we can bring Dad home. We've been caring for him for a year. We also have the caregiver. You know, we got it. You you go. And, you know, I was nervous about it. But, I mean, they're adults. And, like, you know, they've been caring for him for a while. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. Although I will say I did not believe I was actually going until I was sitting on the plane and we were rolling down the runway <laughs> and that's when I believed it and and it was good I'm so glad I went and I got away and the kids did a fantastic job they brought him home they got all got him all situated and he was so happy to be home again with his Sadie our golden retriever so um so everything was good but you know you just have to be be flexible cuz like I said I didn't know if I was going to go but you still need to live your life, you know? I mean, I didn't want to just say, okay, I'm just cancel my plans because there's no way this can work out. Um, and, you know, it was something I've looked forward to for a long time. It meant a lot because I'm very, very close to my brother. He's like my best friend. And so I, you know, I just, I didn't, 
I didn't want to let him down. I didn't want to be, my whole family was going to be there. And I was just, you know, really, truly looking forward to it and brought a friend of mine with me. And so it was great. We had a great time. So I'm glad it all worked out. Next thing on this though, my next topic or my next subject here is that I wanted to say, ignore people who judge you because when I said, I, you know, a few people were asked, or several people were asking me, you know, when is Mark coming home? How are, you know, how are things going? Are you really going on this trip? And the people who knew, and I said, yeah. And, you know, most people were very supportive. Every, actually, everyone was very supportive. But I had one person say to me, you know, I, I can't believe you're, you're going. You're, you're going to do that. That's a lot of responsibility to put on your kids. And, oh, that was, that was a tough one. And, I'm usually really good about not caring what other people say, but that one got me because I I think, you know, when you are the caregiver for someone you love, you just naturally have a lot of guilt (laughs) that kind of goes with it. Maybe you don't realize it, but you just, you know, you just feel guilt because you have this huge responsibility. And I just, it just got me. And I was like, gosh, I don't, I don't know if I can go. And, you know, I, I said to my son, this was said to me. Does it feel like too much responsibility for you? Do you think you you can do it? And he's like, Mom. I mean, he looked at me like I was insane. He's like, Mom, go. I'm I'm fine. I I've got this. And um and so so I did. Obviously, like I said, I went. But you know that stayed with me longer than it should have. And I wish I had just let it go. So so what I'm trying to say to y'all is just ignore people who judge you. They're not walking in your shoes every day. They don't know everything about your life and. Um, you know, people know a lot about my life because I do choose, I put it on Facebook. I put a lot of information out there about what's going on because we have a, a lot of people praying for my husband. And to me, that's really important to keep everyone up to date and keep the prayers coming. And it's also a lot easier than answering the same question. How's Mark? How's Mark? How's Mark? You know, a hundred times. So it's easier just to to put it out there and answer all at one time. And then, like I said, you know, I, I share all this on the podcast because I want to help other people. I'm learning all this stuff as I go along and not easy, not easy things at all, but I want this to be a positive in some way. And if I can, you know, use my experience to educate and help someone else or and help someone maybe not even feel bad or feel alone like you know if you're having these guilty feelings and someone is kind of shaming you too that you don't don't feel that way i mean I'm not gonna say don't feel that way but it's it's normal to feel that way but we still have to live our lives and we can't worry about what other people are are thinking about us and then kind of the last thing i want to mention is anytime you're caring for someone you're the caregiver of someone like I said, with a chronic health issue or with a progressive disease, it's it's so important to stay positive. It's really, really easy to fall into that victim mentality. I found myself kind of falling into it this time because, I mean, I was really super excited about 2024 because 2023 was not good. So 2024, I mean, I shouldn't say there was good things that happened in 2023, but it was the whole year was my husband and rehabs and the stroke and and just our lives completely changed, not what they used to be. So 2024, I felt like I got a grip on things. I've got really exciting things planned for my business. And, you know, there's great things coming. And I had this trip planned and I'm just like, everything's gonna be so great. 
And so, of course, January 3rd, this happens with my husband, January 4th, I'm driving to pick up my daughter to go to the hospital to see my husband. I had just left, went home, showered, and then was going to get her. And I have this this van that I bought only six months ago because I need the van to you know get my husband around the wheelchair and everything. And if, if you follow along, I'm very bitter or have been very bitter about having to drive a minivan. It's a big white minivan. I call her Large Marge, but now I feel bad. So, but anyhow, I'm driving along and this guy pulls out of nowhere and hits me. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, my husband went to the emergency room yesterday. I'm going to get my daughter to go up to the hospital and she's on the phone when I get hit. And apparently, I scream, uh, but I wasn't scared. I screamed because I was so mad. <laughs> and then I hung up on my daughter, which probably that's really not the best thing to do to your your kid, you know, because <laughs> she doesn't know what has happened. She hears the the bang that it made, and then she hears me scream, and then I hang up on her. So she's, you know, I don't know this till afterwards, but she's calling my son, and she's freaking out. Oh, my God, I just heard mom get in a wreck, and then she you know she was gone and, and she's freaking out and my poor kids they've got one parent in the hospital their mom just gets in a wreck i mean that's just so i just can't even believe it still luckily the guy took full responsibility and there was another super nice man came over later he had witnessed it gave me his information you know called the police and standing on the side of the road and the hospital calls so they're talking rehab and i'm on the phone talking rehab with them and then they're like where are you it's, it's sounds like you're on the side of the road you know it's so loud I'm like I'm on the side of the road I just had a car accident and of course they're like are you kidding me <laughs> anyhow long story short my car gets towed away I, I, I won't even know this has been I don't know two weeks three weeks whatever it's been now and I won't know till tomorrow if it's totaled or or what you would not believe how much damage was done to it it's just ridiculous but on the positive side, I was not injured. The guy who hit me was not injured. So that, that is the, the blessing of it. And, and that's good. But that happened. And it put me like into this feeling like I was cursed. And I said that a few times. And then I'm like, you know what? I need to get a grip and stop saying that. Because you don't want to put something. And, and maybe y'all aren't like this. But it, I feel like if you put something negative out there, then it sort of like brings more negative into you. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got to snap out of this. And I even thought about if I couldn't get myself out of it, I was going to put like a rubber band on my wrist. You know how people stop smoking or, you know, different things and they just snap it. I was going to do that to kind of like change my thought pattern. But somehow I finally, you know, snap myself out of it without having to resort to a rubber band on my wrist. But I tell you that story because I think it's really easy to start getting into this whole victim mentality and feeling like only bad things are happening to me or I'm just cursed. And, you know, I mean, crappy things happen to all of us. Um, and I mean, it, it stinks to have, you know, have one like catastrophic event after another. And then, of course, you know, it's just been like a month of such stress for me because then, of course, here in Dallas, we have this ice storm and my pool is now frozen up and I'm trying to make sure my pool equipment's not going to explode like some guys did. And anyhow, all that doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is we can get into these cycles and, and just crappy things are going to happen. And sometimes they all clump up and they happen at one time, but we can't get into the mode where everything is bad. We have to snap ourselves out of it because the end of the day, 
we're still the caregiver for the person that we love and they are counting on us and we can't go down this rabbit hole of darkness into catastrophic thinking that everything bad is happening. And I think, again, kind of brings me back to like caregiver burnout and, you know, some of the other podcasts that I mentioned earlier that I think it's good to go and listen to them because I I think it's very important. And I'm so glad I got to go on this trip because I feel I came back feeling very refreshed and that kind of back in a better mindset and Mark is home now and we're getting back into our normal routine. But it's hard to every day be the caregiver for someone. It's, It's a very, it's a lot on you and it can affect health and and i feel like it can affect your health even more if you're always like in a victim mentality so work on mindset as hard as it is and and believe me i had a hard time pulling myself out this time probably the hardest i ever had but you know i i feel myself again and feel positive and we're just going to carry on i do know now though that we are on a roller coaster and it's it's not always going to be smooth sailing but of course what in life is ever truly smooth sailing all the time but that's just was kind of on my mind and just another piece of this journey that that we're on that i felt needed to be shared thanks for listening and please go back and listen to the four that i mentioned earlier and like i said they they will be in the show notes so you can find them there too and if you're a caregiver or have someone who is in the hospital and you're their advocate, please go and listen to these. And I just, I hope that they will help you. And if, you know, if you have any comments or thoughts or anything, just reach out to me and please um, share the podcast with your friends and family. It's all about getting the word out and educating and just knowing, especially for caregivers, y'all are not alone out there. There's a lot of us and we're all experiencing a lot of the same things and having the same feelings, but just know that We see you. I see you. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.